You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it's the doubleheader Dream Team edition, which includes the following. Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities. Now, David, I want to talk about the big issue of this week, which happened on Tuesday. Ratings agency called Fitch, and they downgraded America's credit from triple A to double A plus. And Janet Yellen, who I have a lot of respect for, was absolutely furious. The markets obviously reacted and continue to react today. What was your reaction to that? You know, it's not going to stop anybody buying U.S. bonds. And I don't think it's going, it means anything. And I think even, I just saw a quote from Buffett, Warren Buffett says, you know, we just bought 10 billion rands worth of, sorry, dollars worth of U.S. Treasury. Yes. And we'll probably be buying them, you know, again. Um, there, there, there's some very good articles coming out around uh, rating uh, countries like the U.S. who issue the cash, you know, who issue it themselves. If they, <laughs> they're never going to not pay their debt. They just issue more money and yeah. pay. You know, that's exactly because they're not borrowing in a different currency. But I think that I'm not quite sure – uh, why at this time the country's pretty resilient? They were having a, you know, Fitch were having a go at uh, the whole debt ceiling issue and also raising the, you know, the budget deficit or sorry, raising yeah you know, the amount, the absolute amount of debt. But I, I, I've never seen such an outcry from uh, El Arian, from uh, what's the other Larry Summers, from Janet Yellen. Yes. I saw some from Victor Schwitz from Macquarie. Everybody's having a go at at at, uh, at Fitch. So, Especially uh, as the know. recent U.S. economic data, Viv, has been pretty good. You know, employment data yeah. and unemployment data has been excellent. GDP, fairly robust, uh, I think. And my opinion, and Viv, you can shoot me down on this one if you like. I think the markets had steadily been building up a little bit of a bubble, a mini bubble. So um, market participants needed an excuse to sell off. And it's also midsummer in the Northern Hemisphere and the conditions are thin. So there's all sorts of things conspiring against the market, Viv. I, I, that is all true, but I'm going to take a slight different tack here, and then and, and, and back to this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, have you guys looked at the Republican field right now yeah. for the next year's election? Right. Yes, I have. Trump basically is, is equal to everybody else combined. Okay. Number two is DeSantis, and number three is a guy called Vivek Ramaswamy, right? Yeah. Now, if you look at Ramaswamy, he's rising up quite quickly, and he is as extreme as Trump is on all the. <laughs> Policy issues. Not as extreme as Trump is on, like his personality, but on the policy issues, he's the same. Close the FBI down, cut the Fed in half. Uh, you know those kind of things, and that's taking a real, uh, a real part of the Republican base in the U.S. is going towards that idea of, uh, you know, cut the institutions down, cut this down, cut that down. And on the left side, you know what I mean. Obviously, Biden. Biden is different because Biden is pretty much the same kind of politician you've seen for the last 30, 40 years from Reagan onwards. Right. It's the same kind of ideas, the same kind of thing, more left than Reagan, but, you know, the same kind of like general politician. But you look at the guys that come after him, look at the AOC, look at, uh, you know, those kind of people, mm. Nina mm. Turner and so on. And you're, finding, you're finding people on the left also have mm. rather extreme ideas. 
And I think that the political risk to the U.S. in terms of what that economy looks like in 10 years' time, mm. uh, who leads that economy in 10 years' time, could be extremely different than what it is right now. And I think if you look at from that point of view, it does justify adjusting the, you know, the rock-solid yeah. uh, gradient of the U.S. So what you're saying, what's your point here? You're saying that you don't like the uh, political divide in the United States of America, the world's most, uh, apparently the world's most developed economy and also democracy. But what you're saying, you, are you saying that if somebody from one particular extreme, either the left or the right, is going to destroy that democracy and that economy and therefore markets will suffer? I don't see where you're going with this, Viv. I'm saying that the, the politicians that you have at the real tippy-top of the U.S. at the moment, uh, like, you know, we're talking about the guys like, other than Biden, but you talk about the guys other than that, like that are coming up on the stream next on the U.S., are much more extreme and, and open to more extreme ideas than they would be in the past. There's been, like, you know, obviously, you know, a left versus right in the U.S. for ages, right? Yeah. People hated uh, Bush, people hated Obama, that kind of stuff. But Bush and Obama kind of acted the same way. They weren't going to destroy the Fed. They were not going to basically close on the FBI. They weren't going to be doing like really strange, crazy yeah. things. And now what's happening in the US is for whatever reason, you're getting these really strange people coming to the top. I think Trump was the first, but you know, like Brexit was such a weird idea. Who, who knew that might come about? But you know, it, it went through. And I think the same thing might happen in the US just because of the people that are, like I said, the Republican field is weird. The, the Democratic field, if it wasn't for Biden, would also be very weird. And I think in that environment, we have people that are going to be in charge of the country, being the strange. I mean, have you seen Mitch O'Connell's uh, weird, as though it's also, I don't see the word weird again, kind of like shut down <laughs> a couple of days ago? Yes, yeah, I know. You can't Yeah, but that's old age. That's, old age, right. Yeah. That's oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Okay, not, carry on. The people, the old people are old. The old people are old and disappearing. Mm. And the people that are coming after them, like the, the, the Democrats, like mm. Nancy Pelosi and so on, great. Uh, Mitch McConnell, great. But the new people are weird. The Margaret Taylor Greens and the AOCs and the Rashida Talebs and so on. They have some strange ideas. They're going to be the next generation coming through. And they're going to be... Uh, not maybe as yeah. guaranteed to make sure that the Fed operates as it should. David, you've just come back from the United States of America after yeah, no, I, several weeks. Yeah. What is the mood there when it comes to the far left, the far right, or the middle ground? What, I, are, what are people saying? Okay, you've only been in Boston and New York, which are not representative yeah. of, of the whole country. That's not Trump country. But what I is that what, mood when yeah. you go out and speak to people? Well, what Viv says is the dinner time. Uh, discussions and from both the far right and the left, I think most people are looking for someone to bring it to the center, mm. uh, more towards the center left. At the moment, it's swinging to the center right, which is a dangerous side. But what Viv is saying is that there are politicians there with these extreme ideas, um, wanting to change what America is or has been. It's exactly as Viv says, uh, challenging. Uh, you know, what America stands for. Um, there, there are a lot of issues. Uh, the, the lead in The Economist now shows how uh, CEOs are being stretched by regulations of government, you know, which I think is, is, is not directly to the point that we are talking about now, but just shows you how difficult it is to operate in America with not, you know, not only extreme ideas, but a lot of patriotism, you know, bring things back. And I think this might be what Viv is saying as well. There are certain politicians, you know, who are pushing for security, even Biden, even the Democrats, you know, where things should be manufactured in America. In other words, against everything that the world has stood for. So there's, there's, there is a lot of turmoil and a lot of um, 
difficulty understanding uh, where America is going. Um, this, the discussion around the debt, um, you know, Wayne brought up a very good point. I was talking to him last night. He was, yeah. And he was saying, you know, this is all very well. Uh, but if interest rates remain at 3 or 4% and you've got a, uh, a loan book the size that America has, it's going to make, you know, when, when this rolls over, when all the bonds come for renewal and you've got to keep raising, you know, raising money, uh, it, it was one thing for, for general, for, you know, for 20 years at, at zero or thereabouts. It's going to be a whole lot different at much higher interest rates as well. So I think, I think this is the concern that, that Fitch has and it might be a concern. You know, it could be a concern, but at the moment, uh, things are under control and they try, you know, people are trying to get the U.S. economy back on tracks, uh, back on track. But um, I think the point that Viv, you know, brings up and is raising is something that, that needs to be aired and discussed and followed because there are some strange people. I mean, without, I just last point, and I promise you, you know, okay. when I see, you know, when I see what's happening to Trump at the moment, when I see the indictments, you know, when I see the accusations against him, and I mean the the uh, claims against him, and what happens? It increases his popularity. Yeah, he loves it. In fact, yeah, he's well, turning he, up in a couple of hours' time to court. He's not doing it virtually. He's actually making an appearance for his indictment. I can't remember which indictment it is now. I think it's the no. January the 6th insurrection charges mm. and subverting, yeah. uh, trying to undermine the U.S. democracy again. But anyway, there's four or five accounts. But he loves it. He thinks this is the best but, thing ever because his base... But his base, his base love him for it. Exactly. And it's a way of, it's a way of getting back at the establishment you know they and you've got to say well what is america what does it represent today if if this is the way that people are thinking and maybe i'm going a bit extreme on what viv is thinking i'm saying if this is the way people are thinking if this is the mindset of another generation not the old mcconnell's or some of the old conservative republicans that you've got to say well where does this lead to what happens if trump gets in you know, he's just oh, got anybody who opposed him. And and if, you know, it, it's it's not a, uh, you can't write it off completely. You're going to say, well, what kind of nutters are we going to have there? Where are, where are they going to take America? And, and exactly. what does it mean? And Viv, I can tell you that the Iowa event that was, it was a Republican event and was the various contenders for the leader or the contender for the 2024 elections, Viv. There was a chap that came on, he ran on stage, he looked very sprightly and everything. He's a man of colour. I think he was either the former head of the FBI or the CIA, I can't remember which. And he says, the only reason that Donald Trump is running is because he wants to stay out of jail. And he was booed off stage. But this is essentially what's going on. I mean, at Britain, they've, they had Boris Johnson. Thank goodness he's gone now. Rishi Sunak is ineffective. So they're in disarray as well. But America is in turmoil politically, Viv. Yes, and I would use some scary stats, right? Uh, Biden won by about 40,000 votes. Forget about the popular vote or whatever. The, the actual numbers that Biden won by were 40,000 votes. If those 40,000 people voted for Trump, Trump would have been president. That, that, is, that is the thing, right? 40,000 votes, okay? 
Biden currently is 15%, 1.5% less popular than he was when he ran against Trump. Because he's politics, your numbers drop when you become the president, right? So Biden right now is is going into next year's election uh, against uh, Trump. Okay, again, um, you know, not to yeah. be offensive to the elderly or whatever, uh, betting that two 18-year-old men survive another 18 months is not, a, is not a, you know, a guaranteed bet. But let's assume that both of them make it to next year, uh, right? Wow. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so th- it's going to be Biden against Trump. And Trump had at that time some really significant things against him that kind of, like, you should have thought that he would have been you know, well out of it. But he wasn't. He was very, very close on these particular races. Uh, and so it's quite possible that if you have Biden against Trump next year, and Biden's obviously had some difficulty with the debates and whatnot, it, it, one bad debate for Biden, and I could easily see Trump back yeah. in. And it, and it does not matter that he's indicted. It does not matter that he's in prison. Yeah, yeah. You can you can be president from prison and pardon yourself if you have to. <laughs> you <laughs> right? And so, yeah, so, yeah. so so so, so that, that is not a. I wouldn't give that a five percent chance. You know what I mean? But I would say that it's not a zero chance of that happening. It's a it's a it's a not yeah. ignore, this, chance. This, yeah. What 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 worries me is that that's the soul. Of the American nation, you know, we're talking about the soul of the American nation, that they're thinking like this, that 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 this can happen. That oh, yeah. that horrifies me. That there's nobody saying, you know, the when I grew up in the 50s and 60s, we all wished that we could be in America, and we used to look on, you know, with envy at the movies that came out. And uh, with with the kids standing in front of the flag and swearing allegiance, and there was a there was a certain value system around America. Everything was wholesome, um, you know, like Norman Rockwell paintings. You know, chicken. What's it? Uh, blueberry pie or apple roast pie. chicken? Yeah, apple <laughs> pie. And, and what's it? You know, and and turkeys at Thanksgiving and everything. And that was the image. You know, and, and now you look at the values, and I've got two grandchildren uh, who are going to college within the next few years, and I say, God forbid, you know, this is what they are, this is the country that they're going to live in, where there are no values. He makes, you know, uh, Trump, will, he creates new values, and uh, um, which, which haven't, not only haven't existed, but which he says are fine, you know, I mean. Anyway, I I don't know how to articulate this the frustration. I think you articulate it well because you're incredibly frustrated with how this man has yeah. been allowed to rise to such prominence because yeah. it's quite yeah. extraordinary because he's obviously mentally disturbed and also has a very low IQ. He's not a clever man. <laughs> it's, I, don't, I really believe that he's he's a clever manipulator, but he's he doesn't have a mind. He doesn't know what's going on in the world. I mean, look what he did with Kim Jong Un and uh, oh gosh, and talking about <laughs> when President Xi came to Mar-a-Lago and he said we had a really lovely chocolate cake. He didn't talk about foreign policy. He talked about the fact that he loved the chocolate cake. And there's so many oh, examples. No. Anyway, we've got to get away from this I, now I, because yeah. I'm now getting frustrated. Okay. okay. No, so, no, no. who wants to? Uh, Bank of England today rose, uh, raised in, mm. interest rates for the 14th consecutive time. That was very much expected. Let's go to the JC Securities Exchange now and put your hands up if you want to comment on any of the following Omnia, AB InBev, Impact, SAPI, Mondi. AB InBev, I suppose, is the big one because it's yeah. a multi. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so who wants to go first? Viv, you, um, I don't know yeah. how you feel about alcohol. <laughs> The companies, but tell me about AB InBev, please. Uh, firstly, AB InBev 
talking about the same thing we've talked about so far has one of the weirdest years ever with Bud Light. I mean, that was the <laughs> most that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you know, we're talking what twenty something billion of market cap wiped out because of a culture war issue, and it shows how this thing is spreading around. But despite the fact that they've lost the number one beer title in the U.S., um, I think it's a Modelo Modelo Special or something, uh, they still managed to pull things out. I mean, it just shows the, the advantage of having uh, you know, such a wide, uh, you know. Uh, inventory or a portfolio of uh, stuff mm-hmm. but yeah it was it was one of these 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 strangest kind of um what you call mm-hmm. this uh you know corporate stories i think this is a strange that we had since new coke uh, you know <laughs> 20 30 years from now you're gonna write books about this stuff yeah i think they like you know just just sorry with a lot a comment on what we were talking about before i think don't think that's gone unnoticed and i think a lot of corporations are now kind of pulling back on those issues and trying to move much more towards the center and away from taking stands like that because that's how the the public reacted you know in this case was the uh, you know the far right the people who drank but why in a bad uh, light so but it happens in other products as well but it, but it is very, very strange because you'll see i mean um Lindsay, what viv's saying yes. is that if you look at the us you know you will see the impact that it had on uh, on sales, yeah. Yeah, Bud Light, I've never drunk one. I won't I refuse no, to drink won't. a Bud Light or a Budweiser <laughs> because it's, I mean, quite honestly, I'm not being nasty. It's a great brand and everything and does well, but it tastes awful. It's almost as bad as Heineken, but <laughs> which is my home beer. But <laughs> it, it is incredibly important. And just one silly error from a bunch of people sitting yeah, around a table yeah. on a Monday morning and saying, okay, guys, I've got this really good idea. We've got to embrace yeah. diversity and therefore we're going to mm. get our next campaign pain towards people that we wouldn't normally associate try with to yeah, yeah. associate with it. exactly and the people that they normally associate with which was their bread and butter yeah. said no no sorry thank you very much i'd love to know the yeah. person that came up with that genius idea <laughs> david packaging companies impact sappy mondi yeah. anything there anything that caught your mondi eye because uh, you know mondi's mondi's not a small company it's in the region of 140 uh, about 130 odd billion rand came out of it. But but disappointing. I mean, uh, what we're seeing there is lower volumes and higher costs, uh, lower demand across the across the board. You know, Mondi is a good company and makes a very good product, um, particularly for, uh, you know, for, for e-commerce and the kind of clean packaging that we get today, you know, the, the craft board or craft paper and that. But but I think it's just reflective of, of what's happening um, in the world at the moment, the slower demand. So all across, across all their um, divisions, they saw, you know, lower volume. And it was quite significantly down. She down, I don't, I don't know where it ended, about 4 or 5% down. Yes. But uh, a bit of a disappointing number. Yeah, uh, certainly from our point of view. Okay. I, I, I wonder, you know, and, and I, keep, I keep throwing these up, you know, whether or not we should be buying uh, ABN Bev, you know, we should be buying Mondi or these kind of companies that are, I know they're steady and well run in that, whether they really, the kind of companies uh, which are going to create wealth for you. I say it against oh, competition. It's a, it's a debate I'm having all the time. 
I think you've got to have a, a certain amount of your portfolio in mm. boring companies that aren't in Silicon Valley, David, because tending to become a little bit yeah. now AI-centric. You've got, AI you've got yeah. to, you've, you've got to, I think, temper in your enthusiasm for these new things, one of which might yeah, blow right. out, you know. You might go into and, a company uh, you, and you, you, suddenly you, it's, it's you, a you bubble that bursts. You've got to do a good job, yeah, yeah. Liz, you've got to work on me on that one. No, no, I, <laughs> I haven't got the energy or the time <laughs> or the inclination to do so. You do that yourself. I know you won't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at some... Do you really want a company that sells beer, you know? I mean, well, what do you do when you walk down the street? Excuse me. Yeah, no, it's not cigarettes. Packaging. No, I, I draw the line there. But you walk down the street, what do you do? You see a pub and people are in there drinking beer. So, of course you do. I mean, it may not be 20% growth a year, yeah, but, but it's, it's nice and steady. You need steady, David. Lots of competition. There's too much competition. I mean, you can make this in your backyard, which a lot of people have been doing. <laughs> I don't know who you're associating with. I don't know anyone that makes beer in their backyard, Viv. Go, Viv. Give me some support, Jeremy. Yeah, come on, Viv. Uh, have you guys have you guys been following the Alki ninety nine stuff? No. Okay. Uh, do you know what it is? No. No. <laughs> okay, it's 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 weird. Yes, some a couple uh, South Korean uh, scientists, right? Some really oh, like, okay. respected guys uh, have come out and they've claimed that they have a room temperature mm. superconductor. And for those that don't know what that is, yeah. uh, a superconductor is like a magical material that has no resistance, that floats on a magnet. It has a couple like incredible properties that are useful for energy transmission, for transport when it comes to like levitating things. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's an incredible kind of like you know invention if it's true. The problem with these things is that usually they require either high temperatures, sorry, very low temperatures, like like minus a hundred plus degrees Celsius, or very high pressures. You know, we're talking hundreds of atmospheres. And these guys say they have this, this thing working. Now, if it is true, and they've, they've, they've been testing it for the last week or so, and it seems to be that this thing is strange but may not be a superconductor kind of thing. But it's it's just weird that if this thing is true, if this thing is actually true, this is something equivalent to the invention of like flight or something, you know? Something humans have been trying for a, a long time and it's suddenly it's started working. It would it would make a real physical difference to the world in the next decade or so. It's, it's a massive uh, thing. But the weird thing is that this comes just after we had AI. We had like... 50, 60 years, we had nothing happening. And suddenly, out of nowhere, in the last two or three years, we're having all these incredible yeah, you know, inventions yeah. happening. Uh, it goes, David, I would say, you know, keep your mind in the, uh, in the future. <laughs> yeah, because it, uh, but it, does this mean, if they do this, does this mean they won't need to cool down? Uh, what is the impact of that? I mean, everything. on other... I look, look, for instance, MRIs. MRIs are super expensive, right? Yeah. Uh, why? Because an MRI has this huge magnet, and you have yeah, to yeah. fill this the thing with either, like, I think, 40 tons of iron or with mm. uh, superconductors that they use massive amounts of uh, liquid nitrogen to cool down. If we had a room temperature conductor, you could pretty much put a wallpaper around this thing, and an MRI could be as cheap as an X-ray. Yeah. Okay. Think about it, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's across every field. It's like the invention of plastics or the invention of, uh, you know, electricity. Yeah. It would affect everything. But but it's it's amazing that we are. It's literally we are. Yeah. Like I said, right in seventy till now, internet we are maybe the big thing. Social media, phones, cool. But we are now getting to like the flying cars possibility. You know the stuff that you imagine that you know, yeah, seriously, fly cars is a possibility. Well, there's a, I saw a feature on that today, actually, Viv on television. There are 240 companies worldwide which are in not only the R and D phase but also manufacturing flying cars. And I don't know. <laughs> I've seen no, some no, people. But, but, I've seen people on the no, road but, but, that are terrible drivers. I can you imagine what's happening if they're zipping around above no, my no, but, head. But a whole fleet of them in South Africa. 
They're called taxis. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but but understand like those require like the flying cars that they have yeah. that manufacture yeah. that are effectively helicopters, you know? Yes. Or jet mm. engines or whatever. This thing would just float. Oh. It would not be flying, it would just it'll be a floating. Like a hovercraft car. almost. I didn't understand it. I'm glad Vivi explained it because I saw the headlines, but I had absolutely no idea. I just thought that uh, it's it's going to make you know my, my my initial thoughts were around the heat that goes off you know with semiconductors and various other computer applications just uh, um, <laughs> actually that's what, that's one thing it wouldn't work with actually I, I, unless I'm I'm very mistaken because the yeah. problem is that this is a stone it's a ceramic it's like you know okay. like in China so I yeah. don't know how you'd actually make a wire out of ceramic but you know. Oh, smart people okay. and you would work on it. Uh, but in terms of like, you know, power lines, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, railway tracks Jeez. that do this stuff, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Okay, I'm just writing this, I'm writing this I, down that's now. Why I, 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 that's why I can't understand why we get these value investors digging for, uh, you know, a beer company that's giving you a 4%. David, after listening to you two for the last five minutes, I'll tell you what, AB InBev suddenly looks really, really attractive to me. <laughs> Because I understand it. And also, thank you very much, Viv, for t uh -huh. saying MRI, because I've got an MRI scan on September the 1st, and I hadn't put it in my diary, so I have done now. Okay, uh, let's have a look at the markets. I, I just the Sethi yeah. was also out today as well. And yeah. I mean, again, if you look at it on face value, appalling results, very, very difficult. Same mm. same kind of issues that, um, you know, that Mondi are going through, which are really, uh, except I see the shares picked up a little bit. I think they've been so hammered. Um, but anyway, uh, just a, another very difficult period for them. But markets seem to think this was all discounted. I see their debt was going up as well. But uh, you know, in terms of the pure, in terms of the pure numbers, you know, I'm pretty much down on on last year at this time, and even on the last quarter. So that's okay. sappy for us. Sappy. We never know what's going Some to people come call out it, it soppy because it's, yeah. it's so, so volatile on a quarter-to-quarter -quarter basis because, of course, it, it reports coarsely. Okay, let me get on to the markets now. Yeah, your, your last point, uh, Viv, go on. All time, all time on, on sappy, right, from 2000 till now, minus 5%. Yeah. Yeah, 23 years, years. Minus 5%. I know, I know, yeah. yeah. Minus 5%. Whereas with, for instance, on at least with Mondi, from about 2008 yeah. till now, it's up like 400 or four times, basically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, same industry, but very different performance. Sounds like it. Dollar Rand is 1868. The British pound against the Rand is 2375. The Euro Rand is 2045. Rand under a bit of pressure today. And why is that? I don't know. Euro Dollar is 109.50, which is basically unchanged. British pound against the US Dollar, 127.15. On to commodities. Interesting what's going on there at the moment. I've got the gold price unchanged at $19.37 per ounce. Platinum down just a touch to 9.27, palladium up to 12.55, which is a $23 gain. And if you look at other commodities, notably the energy sector, Brent crude oil doing well, if you like that sort of thing, $84.88, up 2%. The West Texas crude is $80.99, up nearly 2%. Natural gas prices, 3 and 2 thirds percent higher. But elsewhere, it's not so great. Wheat prices, 1.4% weaker. Coal down 1.7, steel down 1.8, iron ore down 3.1%. So it's it's not a good 
sort of picture of South Africa. S&P 500 futures down a quarter of a percent. Isn't that a bit of a torrid week? 4,526. That's a quarter of a percent fall. US 10-year Treasury yield. This is very interesting. 4.17%. There was a particular hedge fund manager, I think, Viv, that said he's betting against the 30-year Treasury bond today. And that was as a result about Fitch's pronouncement on Tuesday. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. The South African 10-year, also under pressure, seven basis points higher to 10.44%. And Bitcoin is 29,227, which is down very slightly. We've lost David. But Viv, given what we've been talking about, what do you think about the, the, the markets? It's summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Do we worry about what happened on Tuesday with Fitch? Or do we just say it's just a natural progression and people are just taking a little bit of money off the table so they can go on holiday to the Hamptons? Look, I think Fitch has probably got some justifications for that. Uh, remember, an AA rating is still very, very positive. Uh, so I, I do think that's reasonable, but I don't think the market's reacting, like you said, because of the, the justification rating. They were looking for an excuse to take some money off the table. This rally, it's, it's very uh, lightly supported in terms of belief. Most people don't believe in it. The Magnificent Seven, you know, riding things forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, the piece in some of this stuff has just been... It's been very strong, but the market on traders, I don't think, believe in it. And that's why they've been so eager to take any excuse to pull it back down. Okay, let's look at the ups and downs on the JSC. I've got ABM Bev up 3.5%. We've spoken about that one. Uh, Sibanya Stillwater gained 3.25%. Harmony up 26 Process was a 2.3% gainer. Mondi PLC fell by 5.3%. Kumba Iron Ore down nearly 3 Implats down 2.3%. Motus shed 1.8%. And Resilient was down 1.8% as well. I'm just going to look at the major indices. Viv's also reconnecting. See, if you live in South Africa, this is what happens. You don't, there's load shedding. But anyway, even without Viv, I'll give you the indices. Resources up half a percent today. Industrial shares up half a percent as well. David Shapiro's come back. Financials were essentially flat. The top 40 index. I got a message from Microsoft Outlook. Oh, well, that's I've useful. Been disconnected, so okay. they are very useful. Seventy-one thousand four hundred and thirty-one <laughs> for the top forty, which is up nearly 0.4 percent, and the all share up around about a third of a percent to seventy-six thousand seven hundred and forty-seven. I asked Viv as you were cut off, David, what you think about what happened on Tuesday and how the markets reacted in the subsequent forty-eight hours. It's just a blip, isn't it? Please tell me it's just a blip. Well, it is a blip. I see the Nasdaq is actually moving into positive territory. The the S&P is barely down at the moment. So things Mm. are picking up. And to be honest, you know, after yesterday's sell-off, I don't think there was much momentum behind what we're seeing today. And if you you look at the JSE, uh, which started off, um, it's funny enough, started uh, at about 10.30 this morning, was down. But throughout the rest of the day, it just clawed its way back into positive territory. And as you must have mentioned, we did end up, uh, fairly positive, reasonable value, twenty billion. Nothing really outstanding. Okay, Viv, David, thank you very much for your time. Viv, Governor, I just have to give you one more. Okay, go on then. Headline. Both have that, your passing really, shots. You can that, have the first one. Viv has yeah, the last, the last shot. Go for it, well, David. I know. I just as for you that Tom Brady. I just put Birmingham know, City. Best, yeah, yeah, into Birmingham City. I mean, I can't t- believe that. But this you've is already a got investors in Ipswich. 
Yeah, I know, but we've got a proper investor, not some, you know, high-profile football star and, and, and everything like the Wrexham um, people have. They've got the Hollywood actors. We've got a pension fund from Arizona. The Arizona State Pension Fund owns Ipswich, and these oh. are serious people. But one thing I would say, and, and Viv, you can come in on this as well because you understand football almost as well as David does. It's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bubble building here. The Americans suddenly say, well, if Tom yeah. Brady can do it, then... and Who's yeah. there with the Wrexham people? I don't know what their names are. McElhenney and, and some other chap. Anyway, it's becoming a bit of a bubble. And with the Saudi money coming Ryan in... Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. yeah, Ryan Reynolds, that's it. It is becoming a I, really, I really big bubble. Football. And I fear for it in the future, Viv. I disagree. I think, I think the Premier League is one of the most undervalued assets in all of IP. Goodness uh, me. I think if you look at yeah, it, it is the best league to watch. I mean, the other leagues may have like the Champions League players and so on, but they don't have like the competition from top to bottom that the Premier League does. It is the best league to watch. It's the biggest league in Africa. It's the biggest league in Asia. It's the biggest league, you know, everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, p- people may like Barca. They may like, you know, Real Madrid. But I mean, you don't watch the entire Spanish, you know, league, do you? Or the Italian league or the German league? It's just too boring for the for the for the Minos. Whereas the English league has these this competition from the top to the bottom of the relegation, everything else. I think that if you are investing in anything in the moment in sports, uh, I think you probably would find the best value in English football. Okay, yeah, so well. you applaud the Americans coming in and buying up chunks oh, yeah. of, of oh, English I, I clubs. They, they, mm. I, I prefer, I prefer some, some, some oil money here because they yeah. don't going to mess things up too badly. But yeah, uh, I do think that it makes sense for them to invest. It's good for them, bad for football. Viv, thank you very much for your time. Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss. David Shapiro is from Sassam Securities. And that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.